If you're lucky, you listen to them talk. They're on their way up and they can't stop. For all things great iron and hard top, it's Kevlu and Ski since the sandbox. What's up, everybody? Since the sandbox is back and it is NFL draft talk, we're talking to you guys yes, about sir. the hottest prospects coming into the draft, man. God knows the Pats need a, a good prospect this year. Why? <laughs> see, why are you going to slide that in the intro? There's no need. <laughs> no our, need. Because our teams know how to draft. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Guys, we're here with our top prospects. And, you know, usually the way we'll do this is, you know, we'll talk about some of the, the guys that, that are the biggest names. And, and right now, since we haven't gave you guys a mock draft yet, we're going to talk about some of our favorite prospects, what they did in college, and where we might see best fit. So let's get the biggest name out of the top, um, Trevor Lawrence. We all know that Trevor Lawrence has been getting talked about for probably two, three years about entering the draft process. And he's almost unanimously, unanimously going to be the number one pick to Jacksonville. If they find a way to mess that up, I mean, I don't know that's on them. But, guys, is there any chance that Trevor Lawrence doesn't go one to Jacksonville? Zero. Zero points. The only way it happens is if the Texans go... We'll give you Deshaun in a first or something like that, and then you give us Lawrence. Like, or like the pick, whatever. Yeah, or the pick. Or they yeah. can draft him. Yeah, well, yeah. Houston yeah, actually doesn't have a pick. Yeah, yeah Houston, true. Houston's pick is Miami's third overall right. pick. So. Yeah, so you could do that. Yeah. So they have to give him a future. I see yeah. yeah. So, and and we'll, we'll see. I mean, that future pick might be. Might be a little bit desirable, but I think that's a loss though. If the Texans, if the Texans don't get anything but Trevor Lawrence. That's a loss. There's no way he's going to be as good as Deshaun Watson. I, I don't, I don't think, believe it. I don't think so either. I think he'll be good, but yeah. not like that good. Yeah, and, and people are talking about him as, as arguably the best prospect since Andrew Luck. <laughs> please, <laughs> please. Um, I honestly like. I, I'm starting to like shy away from the whole like. I don't want to say first round quarterback thing, but it just doesn't work out as much as, as you would think. And Lou, I mean, me and you have been covering the draft process since before we've been podcasting, mm-hmm. so probably about three, four years now, at the very minimum. Mm-hmm. And and the thing is, is the quarterback position value always gets so taken like to, to a different level, and that's why you always see you know quarterbacks get taken within at least three of them within the first ten picks. And mm-hmm. I I hate to say it, but this is probably going to be another year where we're going to see three quarterbacks taken within the first 10 picks and we'll be lucky if one of them actually works out. So let's talk about our second quarterback here on the list in Lou. To be honest, I'm going to tell you right now, I think this quarterback is going to be my second best quarterback of my draft process. And that's Zach Wilson. So I don't know if that's a surprise to you if you think that Justin Fields is a little better than Zach Wilson. I have Zach Wilson there too. But the reason why I think that Zach Wilson's a little bit better, I think he's a little more decisive than Justin Fields. He feels more like a natural quarterback than Justin Fields does. And I'm not taking anything away from Justin Fields because he had a very big win at the end of his college career this past season. But something I will say about Zach Wilson, I think he has a good pocket presence. So I think that's very important. And there's a lot of teams inside that top 10 that I think can really use a quarterback. But I'm going to take it. I'm going to take a different direction here. And I'm going to say that Zach Wilson is going to go to a team where he actually has to sit out first. And I'm going to say that Zach Wilson doesn't get picked until four. So that's assuming that Miami doesn't take a quarterback and the Jets don't take a quarterback. They could possibly trade out. I We just can't predict that right now. So I'm predicting Zach Wilson to go four at Atlanta. This way they have the learning experience from Matt Ryan. They have a great wide receiver room. They built some chemistry. 
Um, and I honestly think that, that that's a fit that can work out. I have the same thing, but I think they trade up and get him. I, okay. think, the, I think the Jets and Atlanta swap two and four, uh, and, I, and I think they do get Zach Wilson. But honestly, man, I think the best prospect, like, period, in the whole draft is Kyle Pitts. Wow. I mean, like, they said he could be the second-ranked wide receiver in the draft That's as crazy. a tight end. He blocks, dude. He catches the football. He's got great awareness, man. He, he stays healthy. He's a beast. And I, I really think the Pats have to trade up and get this dude. Like, I think this is the perfect guy for the Pats. I, I think it's a, a match made in heaven. Uh, I don't know if they'll get him at 15. I think they'll move up to around, like, maybe, I don't know, Seven, six, somewhere in that area, or, or, or a little bit lower. Maybe the G Men want to deal wow. at eleven, uh, but I, I just don't think he'll be there that long. But he, I think he's the best prospect in the whole draft. I think he's the only guaranteed great Success. player. Yeah. yeah, I would, I would, I would put my life on that. Probably I hear not, that. but <laughs> <laughs> no, Lou, I hear that, and I, I'm honestly a huge fan of Kyle Pitts. And the last time we had a tight end go in the top ten, Lou, was T.J. Hawkinson at pick eight. Um, so I'm gonna, the way I'm gonna base this is I think that Kyle Pitts will be right around a top ten pick. So I want to say anywhere from that eight range, starting at Carolina. If Carolina doesn't trade, you know, picks to get Deshaun Watson, or Carolina doesn't trade up to get a quarterback in this draft, I could definitely see Kyle Pitts going there at eight if they want to go strictly off of value. I'm happy you mentioned the Giants because I also think the Giants can go um, in that direction, and the reason why. I wanted to mention the Giants is because every single year as Dave Gettleman with our GM, he's blatantly expressed what we're going to do, and he hasn't disguised it at all. When he first came in, Saquon Barkley was a prospect. He said we need to establish the run game, and we got Saquon Barkley. The next year where we drafted um, Daniel Jones, he said we need to find the answer to the quarterback position, and we drafted Daniel Jones at six. Then the last year, uh, we're talking about Andrew Thomas and addressing the offensive line, um, and here we are again. And now Dave Gettleman is saying that we need to get a number one impact weapon for our franchise quarterback in Daniel Jones. So I could definitely see Kyle Pitts being the pick, but Lou, I also wanted to break down um, the the wide receiver position here at this pick because I also think that this is you know a, a very talented group. Let's name the top guys right now in Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle. And the Devontae Smith. We know Devontae Smith was the Heisman winner from last year. But I wanted to hear your opinion on these receivers before I kind of gave mine. Yeah, so I was I, I flipped it first. Uh, I, I think Jamal Chase is the best one right now just because he's the biggest of them all. And his comp is a, a faster Anquan Bolden. So, I mean, comp. that's ridiculous. I mean, he was on an LSU team that wasn't good. Still played played his behind off, man, and was making pro-level catches. I think Jalen Waddle is two on the list. I think he's just physical. Wow, really? I think he's good, yeah. I just think I think Devontae Smith can be really good, but I, he's really light, and he's not that big. You know what I mean? That's a tough fit in the NFL unless you're going to be Odell Beckham. Yeah. And yeah. what are the odds that he is that, you know? So I think he was the Heisman winner. I think that's cool and all, and I think he's going to be a good talent, but I think he physically has the worst attributes of the three. While just, I don't think he excels. You know what I mean? I think Jalen Waddle, if he played the whole time, would have been just as good. And Jamar Chase was better with the worst team. So mm-hmm. it's close. But I think they're all very good. This is a great wide receiver draft, man. Um, YS is somewhere in the second round, but <laughs> we're still trying to find him on the board. Um, all right. So, so to dive in with my interpretation of the wide receiver group, 
I'm going to have to d- differ from you a little bit, Lou, and I do think Devontae Smith is the best wide receiver, and I know the numbers definitely go with that. And, and I understand, you know, your whole Jamal Chase thing. I think, you know, his Filth. physical presence and his big body um, is definitely might, – it might be a little more desirable to some NFL teams. But I guess it really depends on where you see these guys going. I think Jalen Waddle should be three out of these guys just because of we saw the injuries going on with him uh, and stuff like that. But do you guys think, you know, Miami and the Jets are, are teams at two and three that realistically can take a wide receiver there? Kev, what do you think? I like Miami because I think they already got Devontae Parker. I'd love to see them get another good option on the other side of him. Yeah. Um, especially with their quarterback position. We know they're not the best, so you want to get them as many wide receiver options as possible For sure so, and they got Gesicki too who's an elite tight end so if they could get sick they could get someone else in that passing game I think that could help their quarterback situation not so much landing a quarterback but just helping the two quarterbacks they have make better decisions and be better until they can get a good quarterback no absolutely so Lou this is what I have here I think realistically Jamar Chase and Devontae Smith both have a chance at two and three to go to the Miami and the Jets um, but realistically I think both of those teams are probably gonna not know who they're picking until literally the last moment. And the reason why I say that is they'll probably be fielding a lot of trade offers. Those are teams that, that just need to get their franchises right. I realistically think that Jalen Waddle is going to be a little bit down on the list, so I had him as possible fits with the 49ers, the Giants, maybe the Pats in, in the Raiders, you know, if the Raiders, if he was possibly to fall to the Raiders. Uh, I think that's a little bit down. But, Lou, to, to the Devontae Smith and Jamar Chase, to talk about with them a, a, a little more in depth, do you think that Philly and Detroit are going to be in the wide receiver market when it comes to these top 10 picks? Definitely. 100%. That, I have I have, I have, have them going exactly there. Oh, okay. Yeah, I have Waddle in, in Detroit, and then I have, I have, I'm sorry, I have Jamar Chase in Philly and Waddle in Detroit, yeah. I really, I, I don't know. I think those are two teams, like especially if Galladay's leaving the Philly Lions. Philly definitely needs them. Yeah, and, and I mean, Philly's needed a receiver for a long time. Yeah. They probably were just hoping Alshon Jeffrey worked out because the way his contract was, Deshaun Watson's, um, Deshaun Jackson's been aging for quite some time. And maybe Jalen Ragor might be good as a second or third option. You know, we haven't really seen what can really play out there with them. But we'll just have to see what happens. And Lou, the last thing I want to talk about um, as, as far as our draft prospects go, defensive backs. I think this is a, a great group of, of talented defensive backs, and I just wanted to specifically target three of them. I have Caleb Farley from Virginia Tech, Patrick Sertain from Alabama, and Trayvon Morig. So, guy, I honestly think that these are the three best secondary prospects that there are in the draft. Do I think any of these guys are top ten picks? I don't know. I mean, I think that's very debatable depending on where you see fit. If it's going to be first round, it's definitely going to be, I mean, if it's going to be the top 10, it's definitely going to be the back end of the top 10. Um, But Lou, I wanted to share some stats with Caleb Farley and Patrick Chetain before we talked a little bit about them. Caleb Farley in 23 games has 19 passes deflected. So that's two years as a starter and almost 20 passes deflected. So I think that's uh, pretty good there for a Virginia Tech corner. And going to Alabama, I mean, Alabama's always going to produce um, top prospects. He started 38 consecutive games at the collegiate level. So talk about um, impact on a defense there. And talk about the competition, I mean, he's going up against as an Alabama defensive back. You know what I mean? Right. So he faced Jamar Chase for how many years now? He's faced 
he went against Calvin Ridley in practice, all these guys in practice, mm-hmm. too. So you're talking about uh, a, a very experienced guy at the collegiate level, and he had 25 passes deflected. So I think both of these guys are, are going to be good at, as pros, but I wanted to talk to you about this because I'm sure you might have you might have a different opinion. But over the past couple of years, we've always talked about the tight end position as the position that takes the longest to carry over. I honestly think it's cornerback because the reason why I say that is because a lot of these guys are probably coming in at less than 21 years old, so that means they're not fully developed. They're probably talking about 160, 170-pound guys, 180 if you're lucky, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So definitely the speed's there, but the physical ability and being able to transition from playing zone the whole time to transitioning to man, to zone, to switching, um, to pressing, you know, I think a lot of that has to do um, with taking in some factors. And what kind of made me think of this a little bit, Lou, was you mentioned Jeff Okuda last year with the Lions, and he really wasn't um, that great in his first year. But I do think we're starting to see cornerbacks like James Bradbury on his second contract really starting to see, you know, their best ball being played. So I think the, you know, the, the secondary positions um, will take some time to, to get to their, you know, peak level. But I think all three of these guys in Farley, Sertain, and Mulrig, um are going to be great. I agree. I I think I think Farley goes – I think he's the only one in the top ten. Only one. I think the Cowboys have to jump on him. And then I think Sertain doesn't go much farther down. I think he goes to San Fran. Okay. Uh, I, I do have, uh, as my third-ranked corner, though, I have uh, Asante Samuel Jr. Okay. I have him. Where do I have him going? I have him going all the way, though, down to Jacksonville for their second pick in the first round. I think they, they can't hurt. I mean, they traded away their two best corners in a season. So wild that they did that. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I do have another corner, uh, cornerback going later in the draft. Maybe to Green Bay. We'll have to see. I do think that's a tough carryover. And, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if the Colts went corner either. Yeah. Uh, it depends if if Caleb Farley there is, is there. Like if he falls and, and like he's there at twenty one, I would jump on him just for talent alone. Uh huh. No, I, I hear that, Lou. And Asante Samuel Jr. is another great name. I just had three defensive backs mm-hmm. um ranked down on here, but I definitely think he's another first round talent for sure, easily for sure. Um, you'll probably see him picked in that twenty range. Um, but Lou, I wanted to talk about some of these fits for these secondary guys. And Kev, feel free to chime in. But for, for Farley and, and Sartain, I realistically can see fit with two teams that you said in Denver and San Francisco, and then possibly Minnesota or Arizona if, if they could fall to Arizona. I mean, we saw with the acquisition of J.J. Watt, they have Chandler Jones, they have Isaiah Simmons, they have Buda Baker. Imagine getting a lockdown corner on top of all those guys. Wow, I'm gushing. Um, imagine right. getting a lockdown corner. It's from, like, I guess I had, like, something there. I don't know. Oh, um, I had a shaving issue. <laughs> Steve's uh, back is gushing. <laughs> um, but but I think all those teams could, could be great fits, and I think that would benefit their secondary significantly. Lou, I almost said Dallas, but I do like the Trayvon Diggs pick um, a lot yeah. that they made last year. And not that they don't need a second corner. Um, I just think that they have a lot of positions that they need to upgrade. So they might kind of trust the process with that a little bit. Um, Morig I wanted to talk about a little bit later. And I was thinking possibly, you know, Tennessee's pick, they could use a great safety. Mm-hmm. The Jets with their second pick could also use another great safety after Marcus May is a free agent this year and Jalen Adams, uh, Jamal Adams has shifted off the team. Jacksonville and maybe even Baltimore. So we'll see what happens, guys. Very exciting with this whole draft process. The only the only guy I would say that I think is almost bust proof 
in this whole thing, or at least close, uh, I think Micah Parsons is unreal. Yeah. That dude is explosive, and I will tell you right now, I think Denver might look to replace Vaughn Miller, and I think that might be the guy to take over a linebacker. I, I don't think he's a left outside linebacker, but yeah. he's still a phenomenal player. No, absolutely. And, and Lou, I definitely think that he's the best linebacker in the class, honestly. And if you're looking for someone to go sideline to sideline and make an impact, uh, he's definitely your guy. And I don't see him falling below 15. Maybe you know a, a couple of teams could move up to draft a linebacker like that because we see the impact that it makes. But guys, we have so much more coming to you for the draft process. We just wanted to get you guys introduced a little bit. Me and Lou are going to be working on mock drafts all this week so you guys can tune into our mock draft episode next week so we can start our draft process. Make sure to tune into our defensive line rankings, our trade cut candidates, and go and check out our newest YouTube videos, guys. Last week we talked about some of the Anthony Davis uh, injuries and how it's going to affect the Lakers. We talked about which teams in the NFL need to trade up for draft picks. And this week we're going to be talking about the, what's wrong with the Celtics and what quarterback questions need to be answered around the NFL. Make sure to go to SinceTheSandbox.net to pre-order your Born and Raised in Eastie t-shirts. Get your Since the Sandbox hoodies. Make sure you leave us that five-star review, guys, because if it ain't five stars, we don't want it. Peace out, guys. No one makes me bleed my own blood. Yeah, I know what he means.